Welcome to Global Outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to our podcast today. We are still continuing our study in the book of Ephesians, and we're in the second part of chapter four, where we're going to talk about changing your mind. It's important for us to change our minds sometimes because it affects everything else about our life. We've been enjoying this study in the book of Ephesians, and we've been uncovering mysteries and digging things out that the Lord has hidden for us. Mysteries are not hidden from us, they're hidden for us. And he loves for us to go digging in his word and learning new things. And every time we go through the scriptures, we can find something new because he's always giving us new revelation. I remember reading just recently about how the name Jehovah or Yehovah means he who was and who is and who is to come. But another translation of that might be to say who was and who is and is to be revealed. Hmm. There's always something new about our Father that can be revealed to us, and he's got so much in his scriptures. We will find new things all through eternity. Yeah, that's take, taking the lid off. That's absolutely <laughs> taking the lid off. You want to put in a plug for my book? <laughs> yeah, Sharon's book is Take the Lid Off. <laughs> that's my life story. So um, let's start with verse 17. Philip, I, I love how the passion reads on, on most of this here. So with the wisdom given to me from the Lord, I say... You should not live like the unbelievers around you who walk in their empty delusions. Their corrupted logic has been clouded because their hearts are so far from God. Their blinded understanding and deep-seated moral darkness keeps them from the true knowledge of God. That reminds me of a scripture in Romans chapter 1. Starting with verse 28, it talks about how people... Actually, in this case, it's talking about uh, homosexuals. Um, But I think it applies to everybody who is walking in the lusts of their flesh. It says, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do things which are not convenient. And this, this idea of having a reprobate mind, first of all, it says, Uh, the word retain God, the expression there, they didn't want to keep God in their mind. That word there in in the Greek is echo, and it means to have, to hold, to have possession of the mind. In other words, they don't have a grip on their own mind because Hmm. they didn't want God to be in their mind. So if you leave God out of your mind, you're not going to be able to rightly discern things. And, and that uh, the word reprobate there is, I don't know if I can pronounce it correctly, adokimos, something like that. Uh, and it means undiscerning, not, disin- not distinguishing, void of judgment, an abominable mind, or a mind to be abhorred by God and man. And, and the, the, one of the root words, let me break this word down for you, adokimos, 
A is the negative, and dokimos is a word that refers to um, it refers to something that's accepted, and it's particularly used uh, in in history at, regarding coins and money. And I'm reading out of the outline of Bible usage from the Blue Letter Bible. Here's a quote: In the ancient world. There was no banking system as we know it today, and no paper money. All money was made from metal, heated until liquid, poured into molds, and allowed to cool. When the coins were cooled, it was necessary to smooth off the uneven ed- edges. The coins were comparatively soft, and of course many people shaved them closely. In one century, more than 80 laws were passed in Athens to stop the practice of whittling down the coins then in circulation. But some money changers were men of integrity who would accept no counterfeit money. They were men of honor who put only genuine, full-weight money into circulation. Such men were called dokimos. And this word is used here for the Christian as he is to be seen by the world. And that's from Donald Barnhouse talking about Romans, God's glory, page 18. So uh, the idea of being adokimos means... So dokimos means having integrity. There's an integrity. There's a plumb line in your life. There's there's a clear conscience of knowing right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And when you're adokimos, your your mind doesn't have this clarity of right and wrong. So this is this is what Paul is talking about. The, these are people who have their understanding darkened. They're alienated from the life of God mm-hmm. because of the blindness of their heart. Now, why is the blindness there? In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3, Paul is saying, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And then verse 6 says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Here's this light and darkness stuff. The prince of this world, the God of this world, blinds the minds through darkness because they don't want to accept God. There's another scripture in John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse 19 says, And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. And everyone that does evil hates the light, neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that does truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. So we see that there is this this power struggle going on between the God of this world and the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus came to deliver us all, everybody, even the ones that are lost, especially the ones that are are lost. We were all lost at (laughs) one time. We all had our, our minds darkened, but God made a way for us to be redeemed. He made a way for us to have the light of the world. He is the light of the world. And then he turned around and said, you're the light of the world to his disciples. Why? How, how can that possibly be? How can we 
be the light of the world. Only we have the light within us. That's right. Yes. And that word light in the Greek is the word phos, and yes. it means uncreated light. It's not yes. like the light of the sun or the light that comes from an electric light bulb. It's the light that is uncreated that comes from God himself. So yes. let's go on to verse 20. But this is not the way of life that Christ has unfolded within you. If you have really experienced the anointed one and heard his truth, it will be seen in your life. For we know that the ultimate reality is embodied in Jesus. Mm, the ultimate reality, that's the truth. And he has taught you to let go of the lifestyle of the ancient man, the old self-life, which was corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that spring from delusions. Mm -hmm. See, there's the same thing. It's all, yeah. it's all what's going on in your mind. It's all in your mind. Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you and to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and live in union with him. That's where that light begins yes. to shine out of us. You know, I like, I like how it's written in the King James there where it says that, that you put off concerning the now the former conversation okay that's an old english word but it means behavior it means your means what you do day by day put off the old ways and be renewed in your mind in the spirit of your mind and 24 says and then put on the new man so you're taking something off and you're putting something on instead yeah i remember one time gerald durstein came to one of our camp meetings and he he gave this sermon it might have been from this scripture. And he, he talked about how how the Christian life is just a put on because you're putting on Christ. <laughs> you know, we, we can't do this ourselves. We yeah. have to put on Christ in order to be able to be all he has made us to be. He wrote a book about us before we were ever born. And in that book is all the potential of everything we can be in him. Every time we surrender to him, we are fulfilling something of our destiny. And every time we kind of do things our own way and decide not to do things God's way, we're missing an opportunity. But he keeps drawing us back and he keeps drawing us back and he keeps drawing us back and he keeps drawing so that we can get back into right relationship with our Father and have that marriage of the Holy Spirit with our spirit that will begin to rise up inside of us with a new kind of thinking, a, a kingdom thinking, thinking that's in, in harmony with the word of God and in, in line with the plumb line of his word and his, of his spirit. What does 25 say? So discard every form of dishonesty and lying so that you will be known as one who always speaks the truth. For we all belong to one another. We belong to mm. one another. That's what that first part of the, this chapter was talking about how we are one in Christ. We are one body. He has made us one. And everybody fits together that loves him. Everybody that, that is calling on the name of the Lord, everyone that's born again, everyone uh, has, has become a part of his body. And so we belong to each other. Let's go on to verse 26. I'm going to read this in the King James. Okay. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Never let the sun go down on your wrath. You know, Sharon and I have been married 
39 years now. Yep. And uh, there's something that Sharon had said said early when we first got married is, you know, if there's an argument, something, you you get it all taken care of before you go to bed at night. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to be angry before you go to bed. Because that opens yourself up for demonic attack. True. If you're not under the blood of Jesus Christ, and just things can happen once you're your your body falls asleep, your spirit is still awake, mm-hmm. and you don't want to leave any kind of an opening of any kind. So if you've had any tiff with uh with your um with your spouse or with a friend or something or, or a business, business associate some, yeah, both business associate, you know, you have their phone number or something, you know, make it right before you go to bed and you'll just feel a whole lot better too. Yeah. It's just so there's so much truth in that. It'll make it better for waking up in the morning, too. Yes. You know, right. the way it's written, it says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Genesis tells us that the evening and the morning were the first day, the evening and the morning were the second day. Even today in Judaism, they practice the beginning of the day at sundown. So you want to keep your accounts short. You want to keep your accounts short so that you don't have to start over on something bad tomorrow that mm-hmm. that was unfinished so bef- before the sun goes even, even goes down before the day ends deal with these things so that uh, tomorrow is better it's part of renewing your mind yeah you, you want you want a reset that's what it is it's a reset <laughs> you, you if you've if you've had something that went wrong fix it before you sleep yes and Go- even if you get angry you know, just be be quick to repent because it, it's so easy. Yeah. You know, if you're in a you're in a traffic jam or you're on the highway and somebody does something that mm-hmm. cuts you off or they that they uh, make an expression toward you that's not very nice, you know, <laughs> and it, maybe something you did, Some maybe it's something you didn't do, you know. But it's a it's a choice. It's a choice to um, it's an instant choice. How are you going to react? Because you never want to get upset and and you have your emotions go through the gas pedal. <laughs> That's the truth. That is the truth. Yeah. I remember once uh, back, I was 16, I think it was, and I had uh, had an 8-track, for those who remember 8-track, 8-track uh, <laughs> players time ago. in the car a long time ago. And you know, I'm in my Oldsmobile just rocking out with a group, and, and this car blows by me. It was a big old Pontiac, and, and I've got this big old Oldsmobile, and we get it on. We got about 9,000 pounds going down the highway at about 70 miles an hour. And a little Ford Fairlane pulls right out in front of us. And I'm the one that took out the Fairlane. Oops. You know, and uh, when I hit hit that car, I mean, all all kinds of rust went flying. All the A-tracks and Pepsi cans, you know, flew out from under the seat. <laughs> I didn't have any seat belt on. You know, we, you know cars back then didn't have seat belts, you know. I wasn't hurt and all that. And the other guy, well, he kept right on going, you know. So, you know, so guess who got all the blame, mm-hmm. you know. And so I learned a valuable lesson. You don't let your emotions control you, whether That's... you're angry or or not. And I even remember a, a so-called man of God. We were in the car with him once, and he had this button on his dash. He called it revenge button. Ooh. You know, something happened. He hit revenge button. But 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 see, so he's he's not doing That's nothing the in the natural, but hitting it. But it's what his spirit is saying. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not right. 
No. It wasn't right, you know, and I kind of put my antenna up a little. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think the renewing of your mind in this case would be that instead of getting angry, you choose to speak a blessing because the yes. person who has done something against you uh, needs probably needs to be saved mm. or, or needs to have some kind of revelation or needs something. And our prayers for that person will set them free, but mm. our our judgments against them will bind them and it makes it harder for them to get saved. So, you know, be careful with the words that you speak over people that have done something to you. And if you've spoken those kind of words, repent and ask God to forgive you and reverse your words and bless them instead. Yes. What else do we have to change our minds about? Verse 28. If any one of you has stolen from someone else, never do it again. Instead, be industrious earning an honest living, and then you'll have enough to bless those in need. Yeah, I, I remember watching um, a show or something, and it was the, this man, he was, he was kind of struggling, and, and he had an interview for a job, and he went in for the interview, and so they're interviewing him, and they asked him, if uh, someone in authority asks you, if you would do this, you know, even they tell you to take this and and it's really, you do what they say, it's it's not really right, you know, but it's because they told you to do it, would you do it? You know, and he sat and thought because it was an integrity question. Mm -hmm. It was basically saying if, uh, if you knew someone up there was stealing or not doing something right in leadership, you know, would you tell on them or not, you know? And I, and I think it was it was a setup. It was a setup. It yeah. was a setup to try and... and he felt like they were trying to get him to do something that he was going to be called upon to do something that he shouldn't do. Yeah. And so he, he thought, he says, no, I cannot do that. I'm sorry. And he got up to leave. And as he's almost to the door, he got his hand on the doorknob. They says, wait, and come back. And he turns around. And he says, you're the one we want for the job. Yeah. Because that showed them his integrity was higher than doing something wrong just to get a job. Yeah. And that made, and they had other applicants before him. Mm -hmm. And so he was the one that was chosen. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think they kind of set them all up to say, you know, here's what we want you to do. Would you do this? Yeah. yeah. So integrity, you know, that's, that's that back to that the Dokimos person. Okay. God wants us to, to have that plumb line in us. And that plumb line changes our mind. That plumb line of the Word of God helps us to know what is straight and what is right and continuously put the Word of God in us. And when we're continuously uh, receiving from the Holy Spirit and praying in the Holy Spirit, those are the things that renew our mind so that we will think like the kingdom of God. You know, and even in our tabernacle that we have, we have a plumb line yeah. hanging from the roof. You know, you can't see it on the camera. Well, maybe you can if you look hard. <laughs> and it's just above the speaker, above the pulpit. Yep. Up there. You know, it's like it's a clear message. You know, you give a clean, pure word. You know, That's right. A plumb line tells if it's straight or not. Right. You know, and it's always a reminder. And even as a worship leader, you know, we would always say, Lord, just cleanse me of anything. That's not of you before I go up on that stage and mm -hmm. lead worship because we want to be a clean and pure vessel that your Holy Spirit will just move through. 
And that's really the way we should be all the time. We should wake up with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So let's go on with 29. And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. But instead, let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. Beautiful. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. Mm. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life. Beautiful. Wow, I really like that. And that reminds me of during the Welsh Revival in the early 1900s in Wales. And Evan Roberts would say, obey the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Holy Spirit, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing we never want to do is by, by grieving the Spirit of God. You know, we always want to be walking in that pure plumb line. And when you walk in that pure plumb line, you will know when you have the Holy Spirit's conviction. It's because true. you will feel it. Yes, the word to grieve there, the word, don't grieve the Holy Spirit, it means to make sorrowful. So it, it really hurts the Holy Spirit when we're not in the flow with him. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to hurt his feelings. Yeah. So let's go on with th- verse 31. Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums. <laughs> I love that. Revenge, profanity, and insults. But instead be kind and affectionate toward one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? Then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. That is a part of renewing your mind, about changing your mind. I want to share just briefly a testimony. My mother passed away when I was 13, and my father remarried when I was 15. And a young teenager doesn't necessarily reason properly. (laughs) And I was bitter and angry. It's not that I was bitter and angry at my dad, but I was bitter and angry at my stepmother for trying to take the place of my mother because... Nobody could take the place of my mother. Yeah. And, you know, she was trying. I, I liked her as a as the leader of our youth group until she started um, dating my dad. And then it, then it was like, no, 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 no. And, and so I carried this bitterness, like uh, verse 31 says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. I carried bitterness in my heart for years. And I just was so put out with her. And it's not like she was doing anything in particular, but, you know, it was making my life miserable that she was married to my dad, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and so years later, years later, I was already married to Philip, and um, we were in a meeting that Sister Gwen was speaking at, our, our founder, Gwen Shaw, and she knew my struggles. She knew what was going on inside of me, and she knew that bitter place that I was carrying. And I don't remember what she was preaching about in the first place, but all of a sudden she started focusing in on forgiveness. And I had tried so many times before to bring this before God and get it off of my heart, get it out of my heart. So I thought, okay, here we go again, because Sister Gwen said, make yourself an altar at your chair and just let God do something in you. And she came over and laid hands on me, and she prayed a prayer that changed my life. She prayed, Father, help Sharon forgive her because she didn't know what she was doing to her. And it was like a light bulb went on. 
My stepmother didn't know what she was doing to me. She didn't know that her very presence in my life was making me miserable. Oh, well, then all of a sudden it became much easier to forgive. It was like this wave of the grace of God to be able to forgive came washing over me. And, and it washed that all of that bitterness right out of me because it was just like what Jesus prayed on the cross. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. This is something most people don't even think about, that when, when you have something where, where you've had an offense, remember, first of all, that you have to take offense to be offended. Hmm. It's, it's an act of your will to take offense. You're taking something. You're reaching out, you're grabbing it, and you're pulling it to yourself, that offense. You don't even have to touch it. You don't have to go there. You don't have to take offense. You can just put your hands up and say, Lord, I give it to you and not touch it. Don't take the offense. But if you become offended, take a look at the person. Did that person know what they were doing to you? Many times a person who offends us doesn't have a clue that they have offended most of the time they didn't mean to. And if it appears that they mean to, you might even have to look a little deeper and you will find that that person was deeply hurt at some point in their life, usually as a child. And the the abused often becomes the abuser. So if someone has hurt you deeply and you're having a hard time, you're having a hard time forgiving, I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for our listeners. Lord, if there's someone that has hurt them, Father, I pray that you will give that same grace to forgive to them, just like a wave, like a tsunami, like, a, like an overwhelming, crashing wave that just washes this whole thing away, the grace of God to forgive so they can let go of the offense. They can let go of the things that have hurt them. They can let go of the bitterness. Minister your peace to them, Lord. Minister your joy. Minister your Holy Spirit in place of this, Lord. Just wash them. Wash them with the water of your word. Wash them to give them a change of mind that will bring them into a new place of joy, a new place of peace, a new place of relationship with you, Father a new place of relationship with other people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.